In this episode of the Locked On NBA Big Board Podcast, me and my brother James are going to discuss the big man matchup that took place yesterday. I think it was in Madison Square Garden, right? Is that the Garden? Madison Square Garden between Kalel Ware and Donovan Klingon. Two guys that a lot of people think could be lottery picks. I know I had Kalel Ware at the back end of the first round and my big board that I put out in August, but I have bumped him up based off of his play in the early season. And I was high on Donovan Klingon, which James doesn't 100% agree with, but we are going to break down this matchup between two guys that are arguably the best centers in college basketball. Stay tuned. shout out to each and every person that has made the Locked On NBA Big Board Podcast your first listen of the day. I'm your host, Rafael Barlow, the director of scouting for NBA Big Board. And to my left, but it might be to the right, if you're watching on YouTube, is my younger brother, James Barlow, who's been a great addition to the NBA Big Board family. Appreciate that, man. Yeah, if, you, if you're watching, I got on my Jackson State sweatshirt. I had it on yesterday. Why, you, why do you have on a Jackson State sweatshirt? We, we, we beat Missouri. It's rare that a SWAC school, HBCU school, beats an SEC team on the road. And yeah, I had, if you saw me at the Mavs game, I had it on yesterday. So I'm wearing it again today because it's not every day that a, a Jackson State team beats a, a Power 5 school. So shout out to Mo Williams. Big shout out to Mo for getting his first victory against a Power 5 school. All right, let's talk about prize picks first. I, was I wanted to get right into this episode, but I want to talk about prize picks because this episode is brought to you by prize picks. And it is the easiest and the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. And if you go to prizepicks.com and you use the promo code LOCKEDONNBA, it has to be a lowercase, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N-N-B-A, you can get a deposit match up to $100. All right. Let's talk about the matchup between Ware and Klingon. Okay. Who do you have as the higher rated prospects on your, I don't know if you've done a big boy yet, but who do you it's have as the higher rated prospect in your mental big board? I kind of have them even right now. If I had to pick tonight, I would probably still go with where, but like they're, they're roughly even to me for different reasons. So, I mean, it, it didn't sound like you were high on Klingon, as high as I was on Klingon. So why is it even? I mean, do you have, like, big concerns about where? Are, are his concerns as equal as the concerns you have about Klingon? So, like, um, yes, but they're different concerns. So, like, with where, I'm, I, I don't know if I trust his feet. On defense, man. I, th I think uh, I don't think his feet move fast enough for how athletic I think he is. He might. Those Adidas he had on yesterday was some big, <laughs> heavy, clunky May looking. Maybe high that's tops. what it was. He just <laughs> didn't look. But tops. it wasn't even that. Like against uh, one of the the mid majors they played, like he just got beat in pick and roll, like, and it wasn't by you know anybody that we're gonna talk about anytime soon. Just the overall from yesterday, like. I don't think anybody made any money for themselves in the no. matchup. 
nobody separated themselves. Um, and also with that, like that game isn't a forecast of what you expect to see from either of them in the NBA, to me, especially in the offensive end. Like, uh, I, I didn't watch that game thinking, like, man, if Khalil Ware just had a couple more post touches, like, I'm not giving him the ball in the post. And it's unfortunate because he's got some skills and some shooting touch. I wish he would have faced up. He maybe would have made some money there if he would have showed a face-up game. But I think he was content on trying to back down the bigger man. And the bigger man, uh, you know, negated all his athleticism because he, you know, he's 7'2", probably 280. 280. Okay, so he's 7'2". He's 40 pounds heavier. I didn't understand that um, that that the the sense behind that. He did pop a couple of times for a couple of three pointers, and, and that's he, all he made. That's all he made. And again, those first couple of plays, I was like, oh yeah, he about to make some bread today because like he's showing he can pop. And we had talked about maybe Mike Woodson was like, nah, man, you not. We don't need you popping against these six eight. Uh, future family men that we're playing here. Against. Describe the word family men. Family men means, you know what, you might not have a career playing basketball uh, and and at the <laughs> highest level. It's no shame. I'm a family man. You know, hey, shout out to my kids in the other room. But um, it's just, I wasn't disappointed in the matchup. I just wasn't overwhelmed by either of them. It definitely wasn't Tim Duncan versus Marcus nah, Tamby you ever in seen, 96. You ever seen that tweet? <laughs> or 95. That tweet about the two women and they, somebody had a caption, they having a mid-off. That's what it looked like <laughs> yesterday, man. Dudes was just being tall. I mean, you know, hey. But it is what it is. Yeah, Donovan Klinger's team got the win. He finished with seven points, nine rebounds, but he had two assists, two steals, two blocks. He was only one of three from the floor, but he was five of eight from the foul line. I thought that he impacted the game just off of his size and his activity. He drew a lot of fouls. Khalil Ware had 11 points, eight rebounds, but he was two of ten from the floor, but he was two of four from three, and he was five of six from the foul line. One of the things that I noticed about Ware in this particular game was he plays like a lefty. At least his post-ups were on the right block, mm-hmm. like a lefty. And I, I know in the last episode when we talked about the grass is greener, I mentioned that he had a post move where he made some post plays in the previous games where it was like a running hook with his right hand with his left hand. And so yesterday I felt like he was posting up on the right block and he was trying to shoot off try to make contact with the right shoulder and then shoot with the right, which is something you can't do against a great shot blocker like Donovan Klingon. So I'm like, why didn't you use your left hand? I thought there were a couple buckets or a couple post plays where if he had a shot like a left hand hook or left hand jab or something like that, it would have been a more efficient shot than, again, you're posting up on the right block, you're trying to go middle, your right shoulder is the closest to the defender, and then you're shooting with the right hand. So, again, I thought the left hand was something that was in his arsenal, but looked like he was afraid to use it, and then it just looked like he really struggled trying to post up against the obviously bigger man. And Donovan Klingon is a, a really, really good defender, so it's, it's no knock on where but he played definitely into his strengths. He played into his strengths. Um, I, I thought that again, he should have faced up a little bit more. I would have loved to have seen that. A jab. If he just caught the ball, jab. But you he can did shoot. it from three. He did one play. I think he missed it where he caught it from three, jabbed, 
And of course, Klingon was gonna let him shoot that, but I'm thinking like, do that from 15 feet away though. Why not? Are, are we? If it's like, are we asking him to be Embiid? Because that's like one of Embiid's go-to's that he faces up, and then he's gonna jab. Mm-hmm. But you know, Embiid but is fluid. Right. fluid. He's got but Embiid touch. does that because when Embiid backs you down. He doesn't see double teams as well, and it just he can see the defense better when he faces up. I mean, like they're not double teaming Khalil Ware against Connecticut. Now we're supposed to have the best defensive big man in the country. I just don't understand that how at seven feet, like you just don't have a, especially with your shooting touch, you just don't have a, just a jab jump shot, jab jump shot. So, I get it. I mean. When we return, I'll talk about why I get that he probably doesn't have that in his bag. Once again, thank you for making the Locked On NBA Big Board Podcast your first listen of the day. We are just getting started. Stay tuned. All right, before we get into the second segment, I wanted to talk to you about prize picks because prize picks is daily fantasy made easy. All you have to do is pick two to six players and it is you versus the projected numbers. You're not playing against anyone unless you want to. And the reason I say unless you want to is because Prize Picks now has a community plays league where you can play against Meek Mill and Andrew Schultz. But all you do is pick two to six players and you pick the projections. It's just you versus the numbers. You're not going against any of like these bots or, or just a group of people unless you want to. Also, Prize Picks has a new, this is brand new, it is a new combo projections. It is called a specials league where you can pick LeBron James and Travis Kelsey. Let's say you chose LeBron James and Travis Kelsey. And you can pick a combination of 10.5. And that is a combination of 10.5 three-pointers made and receptions. And if you pick them right, you can win. So all you have to do is go to prizepicks.com, download the app, prizepicks.com, and you have to use the promo code LOCKEDONNBA and make sure it is in lowercase. prizepicks.com slash LOCKEDONNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, prizepicks.com slash LOCKEDONNBA. You can get a first deposit match up to $100. Big, big shout out to each and every person that's made the Locked On NBA Big Board Podcast your first listen of the day. All right. When we left off, James was talking about he doesn't understand why Khalil Ware doesn't have that in his bag. I I get it. He's a seven-footer. He's athletic. Not like a crazy elite athlete, but he's athletic. So, you know, on the high school level and the prep levels, he was able to impact the games with his size and his athleticism, and he probably just... Shot threes. I mean, think about it from a developmental standpoint. How many American bigs got work on the block, mid-range, and athleticism? Like, I feel like if you have athleticism, then in your developmental stage, you're probably not working on your low post game. I see. I, I get it. But ultimately, like... No disrespect to whoever's been working with him, but like, or maybe he just doesn't feel comfortable doing it. But like, you gotta think past today in your development. You gotta think like, okay, I'm seven feet. The, the probability of me making bread playing basketball is very high. Let me work towards something. More than very high. If you are a multiple max player, 
you can make a billion dollars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The way I'm just, the game is going. So I, I get that point of, of your. I'm your just point. saying, like, okay, if if that was my young and in that situation, and we dominate in high school basketball, and it's super easy, I may say, hey, man, this quarter here, because we smacking teams and we better, we got another NBA player on our team. Nick yo, Smith was his teammate. Yo, in high school. this quarter, or you can look at the schedule. Hey, man, this game here, you on the block. You facing up. Like, we working on stuff. Because it's bigger than this state championship, this district game, all yeah, that Yeah, but from stuff. a high school coach, the only thing a high school coach wants to do is win. Like, we're going to win either way. But, I mean, he's not. Most high school coaches are like, I'm trying to get these W's. I'm not trying to develop. <laughs> man, let game. me tell you something, man. When you got two McDonald's All-Americans, nine times out of ten, the game is over before it even starts. Should be. So, matter, I mean, we smacking teams. Look, I'm not saying that when we play against the Montverdes or not, nah, we trying to win those games. I'm talking like we play the, the family men. Family boys. The family boys. Hey, man, look, I need you to work on this because it's going to work. Like, we got to get some live action reps because, again, you just got to think, like, long term. And it's not just for him, Khalil Ware, or any bigs. It's like, as a guard, if you are projecting, to be one of those guys, like how are you not working on your catch and shoot jump shot? Because ultimately, the higher you get, the better the players, your better your teammates are. So you gotta learn how to play off the ball in a sense. You know what I'm saying? Like if you're not saying because uh, Isaiah Collier is making threes off the catch because he's worked on it, right? Mm -hmm. But Isaiah Collier, let's say he gets drafted by the Spurs next year, Wimby would have the ball in his hands. You gotta be ready to shoot. So it's like. I I don't understand. Sometimes, in my personal opinion, you have to think about the player's development past the current. You got to try to see three, four, five years down the line. But most coaches are thinking about today. I get that. And and winning. But last night, or excuse me, yesterday afternoon, they were giving Khalil Ware the block, the ball on the block. Yeah. And he had a perfect opportunity to make himself some big money yesterday he didn't lose money i don't think yeah but he could have made a lot of money yesterday well or your thoughts about the motor that's kind of like been the question about him i thought that early in the game it looked like he was moving a lot faster i didn't think he had a low motor game but i thought with clinging even though where outscored clinging i thought clinging showed how to impact a game just off of his energy and motor yeah. and effort you know what I wish I would have saw yesterday is what Alex Saar did when he played the G League Ignite in those two games on TV. He was like, look, this is my opportunity. And if I got if it's not real, I'm going to trick you. So like that motor was motoring against Ron. It was revved up. He was doing chin ups on the rim. He was screaming. He was staring people down like. Uh, Which was out of to me, it was out of character for him in a sense. It was something that I hadn't seen out of him before. Like when he, I think he blocked a shot and, and yelled. It was something that, like I said, we, we hadn't seen, and, and 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 maybe that was strategic. Like, hey, but that's what I'm saying. You gotta <laughs> go be strategic. There, get out of character a little bit. Do a little screaming. Chin up. And I know they say two points is two points. Nah, but no, it's someone. Not yams and hangs on the rim and screaming it can give you the perception of, okay this guy tough this exactly. guy and again if like he should know like man they question my motor 
So, man, I'd have been grabbing, <laughs> grabbing rebounds both my feet in the air like Dennis Rodman, like just doing everything. And I don't necessarily feel like I question his motor. Mm -hmm. um, I just wish I would have saw more. Like I said, I feel like he had a great opportunity yesterday to make himself more money to to improve on his draft stock. And I don't think he he didn't. Um, and it's not all him because I don't think the point guard plays the best at Indiana. Mm -hmm. So it's not like he had uh, somebody who could just spoon feed him um, good looks and roles. He did have a couple of opportunities in roles. But, like, maybe the point guard plays a little better. But I just feel like he could have did a little bit more on his end. So you said that this game didn't really show you much. Did it help or hurt his draft stock in your opinion or is he just it just i feel like it, it remained the same uh i don't think because again the guy on the other end didn't do anything in like didn't do anything in particular to like to me improve his draft stock so they kind of like they played evenly in a sense i mean you know uh, obviously, Ware was more active on the offensive end, but, you know, he didn't have the efficiency. But, again, I also understand that I'm not going to give him the block based on what – give him the ball on the block based on what I've seen from him. I wish I could. Mm -hmm. So I wasn't, like, too concerned with him just getting his shot blocked in the paint because, like, that's just not what I see teams projecting him to do at the next level. I think he's a rim runner. Uh, he had no blocks this game. That's crazy because they were putting him in pick and roll. And, yeah. So and Klingon had two. I mean, Klingon was obviously considered the better shot blocker of the two. All right, when we return, we're going to wrap up this episode. We're going to talk about Donovan Klingon. Donovan Klingon is someone that I had really high. I wouldn't say I'm disappointed in his early start, but he's definitely not as dominant and productive as I thought he would be based off the small sample size of games that he had last year. So stay tuned to hear uh, our thoughts on Donovan Klingon. All right, last segment coming up. But before we get into the last segment, I want to tell you about FanDuel, one of our greatest sponsors. And right now, if you are a new customer, if you are a new customer, you can get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That is $150 if your team wins. So if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, the time is not now, but right now because there's not a better time to get in on the action. The app is easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, overs, unders, and more. So go to fanduel.com slash locked on NBA and kick off the NFL season and the NBA season. College basketball too. FanDuel, the official partner of the NFL and locked on. All right, last segment, Donovan Klingon. Now, I know I was higher on Klingon than you. Yeah. Just what were your thoughts on Klingon's performance you know he did exactly what i expected him to do which was be active on defense um he disrupted a couple lobs yeah uh his presence on defense is 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 evident especially in college basketball because you don't really have to defend in space yeah you can pack the paint you can pack and the paint i feel like they kind of tried to make him defend in space by having Ware pop out and i mean he i'm, I'm sure he was fine with where taking those threes they kind of went away from it though after he shot a couple yeah and it's like 
at the, my concerns with clinging is at the next level when that is off the top of my head when that is Chris Stapp's Porzingis are you going to give that effort that's I mean that's a tough matchup for everybody right yeah. because you got Tatum and in pick and roll and then you got to try to cover it. but like that's how bigs get hurt yeah that, and that's and that's my concern <laughs> that's with him. how bigs get hurt because you got to try to like yeah. cut off the I mean you just guys that big aren't naturally supposed to but that's the NBA these days. in space, protect the paint, run out, contest the shot. Yeah. So, like, he's – and that's my question. Like, he's mobile for him being that size, mm -hmm. but is he athletic enough? Is he mobile enough to defend at that level in space? And that's that's my issue. I mean, and, again, I don't – you know, he didn't have any offensive game, and I'm kind of leery on taking uh, – let me see. How can I describe his athleticism? Not a super athlete, athletic big, that high with no offensive game. Yeah, that was the thing that you were hearing about all summer is that he's going to show an expanded offensive game. I even saw, like, I was at church, but I was trying to not rush out of church, but I was hoping to get home before the game started because it started at noon central time. But I, like, as like, soon as church was over, I saw a, a tweet, and it was like showing clips of him warming up, shooting jumpers. I don't, I, I don't see the flashes. Like I've had people tell me, oh man, he's been knocking down jumpers, yada, yada, yada. Now he, he shot the ball well from the free throw line. He was a, a poor free throw shooter last year. But I thought that he was going to be a double, double machine. And what I'm concerned at is that, I mean, they're, they're not at the toughest part of their schedule. And right. he still hasn't had, like, the 15-point, 13-rebound, three-block game. I mean, the numbers are just a little bit better than last year. So that part is concerning. And he's got really good guards, too. So you got, can't blame the guards. You can't say that, man, they put they him got, in pick and they roll. They got shooters. They got, they, it's a perfect opportunity for him to be, like, um, productive. Do you think it's a situation where he's on such a talented team with so many weapons that they don't need to feature him to win? Well, again, like, again, I'm never throwing him the ball on a box unless it's a little kid behind him, but, like... I would. I mean, uh, on, he a, on a duck-in, like, a, a great duck-in. You talking about, all you're talking about in college or you talking about in NBA? I mean, period. I mean, I know the NBA doesn't. No, I'm not giving him But I'm just saying, like, I think on a, if he ducked in. Like, I'm a big Zach Randolph That's fan. Zach Randolph, man. And I know Zach had great touch. But one of the things Zach did so well was he knew how to duck in. And once he ducked in, because he was so strong, he didn't need post moves. That's Zach Randolph, man. I, I get it. That's I'm a left-handed, feathery touch. No, I, I know face-up game. Clinging doesn't Randolph. have that. But I'm just saying, like, those points that Zebo used to get on hard duckings. Like, I remember talking to a friend of ours that's an NBA player. He was just like, man, the dude is so strong, and you can't stop him from, from ducking in. And, he, and that's what I want to see out of a guy like Klingon. Like, college basketball, there's nobody his size. He doesn't have to have great touch from deep. And when I say deep, I'm not talking about a three-pointer, but just he doesn't have to have great touch to be able to just overpower his guy on the duck end, get near the rim, and just put it up around the rim. I mean, I get it. Um, I just would like to see, like, 
yeah, like you said, just more. Because like I said, they this is the their first true test. That's the first high major team that they played. And like, what do you have? Seven? Yeah, one of three from one the floor. He got three attempts. Like, we're not getting on the glass. Like, nothing else? I mean, he had nine rebounds. I'm talking about the offensive guys. Uh, I mean, what, when he got the offensive rebounds, those turned into to the foul attempts. Okay, that makes sense. So that's where he was able to get his, his free throws. Like I said, I thought he played well off of activity, but I thought we would see more from him on the offensive end this season, which so far we just haven't seen the flashes. And like I said, there was – Talk about him expanding his range and showing that he can knock down threes. He's not as productive offensively as Sonogo was last year. Right. And Sonogo's playing in the G League with Windy City. It's just interesting how college basketball is. Sonogo was dominant on the inside, and he was knocking down threes. I, I think he was tournament MVP. Yeah. He's in the G League. But he's 6'9", right? He's 6'9". 6'9". More gifted offensively. Klingon is nowhere near the same offensive player, but he's bigger. Is expected to have a a great defensive impact, and he's projected to go higher. That just shows, like, where the NBA is at on big men. All right, so let's say you're the GM of the Washington Wizards, right? Okay. And somehow you end up... And I know if you're a Wizards fan, you probably don't want to hear this scenario. They're going, so, they're, they're going to end up with like the fifth pick. <laughs> so you don't get a, a, high, a high pick or, you know, the pick that you want. But in this draft, I don't even know if winning the number one pick is. It might is, not even matter. It's almost like I think if you're a GM, you're like. Look. We like these five guys. Yeah. If they're available, like then that's who we're going to take. Yeah, if I'm a GM, I don't player. know if I want number one because I'm like, man, I might lose my job yeah, taking no. the best player because the best – I don't know. I, mean, I just We don't know who the best player is. Yeah, I think this draft is, is going to be really, really wide open. And you might be able to get the guy that you want at seven, at seven or eight. So let's say you're the Washington Wizards. Right? Okay. And you need a center. Yeah, let, all right, let's, let's no, just... No, hold on, hold on, hold on. First off, if I'm the Wizards, I'm not drafting a center because I'm drafting the best player All right, let's... I'm going to change it around. All right. The Wizards trade, and they end up having multiple lottery picks. Okay. They're in a situation similar to Orlando was last year. Okay. Right? So you got the 13th and the whatever. Yeah. One of, both guys are available. Who are you taking? Are you taking where because he has... In my opinion, the the higher upside, like if he puts it together. Yes, the higher upside. Are you taking Klingon, who next to Bilal Kulabali, you have your your two, you have like a a starting point for defenders. And also Abdi is a good defender. Yeah, he's a very good defender on the ball. So who, who would you take? I'd probably go with Klingon. This is interesting. You know why this is interesting? Why is this interesting? Because I found the Wizards. I'm just, I'm like, look, we going with the highest upside. I'm swinging for the fences, and I would take <laughs> Khalil Ward. That's my mindset most of the time, though. I'm not playing it safe. With I'm, 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 that's my mindset most of the time, too. But ultimately, if I were going to say something like that, I'd probably pick neither of them. 
depending on where I'm picking at. But like, if I was just like hell bent on picking a center of the two of them, and this is assuming that I got the other guy that I wanted, my home run, maybe he's a all star somehow down yeah. the way. And then you got right. pick one. Yeah. And yeah. Twelve. Okay. See. Okay. Check this out. Right. So let's say they get pick one and twelve. Right. And in my big board that's in my head right now, it's still Alex Sar. Right. I take Sar and <laughs> I just take the four. Uh, it doesn't matter, four or five, but I take them both. Take two bigs is what I'm saying. And let's say if I take Sar, I mean, that's my ultimate upside guy, right? And then I would go on the back end and take Klingon and say, all right, maybe they can somehow play together or this is my safe pick just in case whatever happens. Like Sar still can't catch and he can't shoot like we think he can shoot, so. This is just a random scenario random that, that I threw out there. All right, once again, thank you for making the Locked On NBA Big Board Podcast your first listen of the day. Once again, this is Rafael Barlow with my brother James. Also, we want you to check out Locked On Sports today. It is a 24-hour, seven days a week streaming platform on YouTube. It's the first of its kind. So check out the Locked On Experts along with the national shows on Locked On Sports today on YouTube. Once again, it's Rafael with James, and we are out.